It's easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. 3 things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who win. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. And you are you, and we're so thankful to have you with us tonight on the OHIO Podcast, a victorious OHIO podcast after a big win yesterday inside the horseshoe over the hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. Guys, we want to get through a few things here at the beginning. First off, we want to let you know that we are the official podcast of Fan Sided, the official Ohio State podcast, that is, of Scarlet and Game from Fan Sided. You just go into scarletandgame.com, type it in your computer. There's all kinds of Ohio State articles, some written by yours truly. You can find our podcast right there. We are also the official Ohio State f- uh, football pan- uh, podcast for Big Banter Sports. And we are pleased to have someone very special joining us from Big Banter here in just a few minutes. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash the Ohio Pod Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Ohio Pod. Uh, the X now, I think, is what that's called, Chris. The the X. And even more exciting than all of those great things is you can join us live this upcoming Saturday night for the Ohio State versus Notre Dame watch party in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We will be there at Mike's Sports Bar. We're going to be joined by the alumni, the Ohio State Alumni Club of Pittsburgh. Our good friend Mike Wargo is going to be there, Chris. 50-50 raffle, fun games, big prizes, great food. It is awesome. And then we also want to let you know, tomorrow night we will be going live again, same time, same channel, 8 o'clock Eastern, <coughs> right here on YouTube and Facebook. We will be joined by Mr. John Kennedy from the Always Irish Show. Once again, he's going to be with us, Chris. It'll go from zero to 100 in the drop of a hat. I promise you, you are not going to want to miss that tomorrow night. And then we're going to be joining him live on his show the following night. So we need to make sure to get as many Buckeye fans with us tomorrow night because Tuesday night, Chris, 
we're going to be up against it, I'm afraid. So uh, we need to be ready for that. But we want to welcome in tonight the Big Banter CEO himself, Brant Henson. Brant, welcome to the OHIO podcast. How's it going, Eric? How's it going, Chris? Thank you for having me on. Super excited to be here. OH. I.O., buddy. That's right. Hey, man, I tell you, that was that was quite the game last night. And we're just going to start right here. Of course, we want to make sure that you all know to put your comments in the comment section tonight. Big game, a big show for you. Lots of lots of uh, uh, we want all of you to contribute tonight. Lots of comments again. Second half of the show. All you guys, we're going to be answering, talking about whatever you guys want to talk about. You can ask Brant questions about big banter. You can ask us questions about Ohio State. Shoot, you can even ask us, uh, ask Chris how things went today over there at the uh, flea market. So uh, uh, whatever you guys want to talk about in the second part of the show, we're going to talk about it. All right. So let's start right here. Chris, we'll start with you. Your initial reaction from Ohio State's big win over the Hilltoppers. Well, Eric, I think for the first time this season, uh, we saw Kyle McCord look comfortable. Um, I think that was a huge, huge thing. Um, he's not got that you know monkey on his back. He's not looking over his shoulder. And he came out and had a really nice game. Um, you know, we still had a few issues with the offensive line, but it was better. I thought we played really sound football on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, the defensive ends, other than Mitchell Melton, still weren't getting home. But you know what? They were very disruptive. So I'll tell you, really, really, um, I think we may have turned the corner a little bit on that. Uh, makes me a whole lot more optimistic going into this next week versus the Irish. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Brent, I mean, you're even though you're the CEO of, of all 14 podcasts of the Big Ten there at Big Banter, you're a Buckeye. I know you're a Buckeye. What was your thoughts of the game yesterday? Yeah, so uh, just to start up, I'll try to keep my Buckeye bias out of this. But, I mean, here on the OHIO podcast, I mean, when, when, when I'm speaking to Big Banter as a whole, I, I've got to say a little neutral. But here on OHIO podcast, it's all Buckeyes, all full go for me. Yeah, let uh, it fly, buddy. Let, I, it fly. let it fly. I I was like, – going off of what Chris said, I was super impressed Um we saw the Buckeyes play at a level we hadn't seen all year, and that's really the confidence that I think our guys needed, our fans needed, everyone needed going into the game this week. Um, one thing that I was really, really happy to see was Ryan Day coaching aggressively. Uh, going for it on that fourth down on the first drive was just like I, I was smiling. I almost shed a tear just seeing him uh, playing out there, going hard, uh, converting that fourth down. And I, I think the guys had some fire under them too. Um, I know Tyleek Williams is a guy that comes to mind who was just playing with absolute fire. He was being aggressive out there. Um, and we saw it in a lot of guys and we're going to need that if we're going to, we're going to contend this year. So I, I was happy with, with, uh, yesterday's performance. And how about that second quarter guys? <laughs> yeah. I think Have you ever uh, seen anything like that? I mean, that was just, wow. Yeah. I think Brian said it best. He said, great game was there. Got a great view of the five TDs in the second quarter. Um, yeah, man, like that, that was a complete game from the Buckeyes yesterday. And that's what we've been waiting to see is the offense and defense put it together. I liked what coach day said, at the skull session when he said, we're taking it to another level today. We're taking that next step. And we saw that, um, you know, that was not 
a bad opponent, guys. That's a really, really good football team. They're going to go to a bowl game. and they're the top passer in the nation last year, Eric. Yeah. There's some people saying that uh, Reed, I think it was. was uh, yeah, he's, a, he's a legitimate NFL prospect. Yeah, they said he's he's got a chance to be one of the one of the first quarterbacks taken after the first you know echelon guys go. Um, you know he's going to be a good backup in the NFL somewhere. That's kind of his his expectation. And really, after that first quarter, first quarter and a half, defense gave up nothing. They were flying around. They were creating turnovers. They were creating havoc. Now, you know, I still got a little bit of a beef with our defensive ends, but, you know, even the defensive line seemed to start getting a little bit more pressure, especially in that second half when their offensive line got worn out. We ran the football good. We passed the football good. Like you said, Chris, Kyle McCord looked comfortable in the pocket yesterday. Um, A lot of positivity coming out of that game, and we need that going into this week. If we would have looked like we did in, say, week two, Going into this game with Notre Dame, I would be a little bit scared about what's what we're facing. But now I feel like going in this big away game in South Bend, Indiana, we have a legitimate shot to go win this football game. I'm not saying that we're going to blow them out. I'm not not I'm not naive. I don't think that. But before the before Saturday, I thought we were going to lose. Yeah. And now I don't. Now I don't. Now I think we got a legit, legitimate shot to win. So that being said, let's go ahead and hand out uh, uh, letter grades for the offense and defense first. Chris, which one do you want to go with first? Well, let's start with the offense, Eric. All right, we'll go with the offense first. And as I pull that up, Chris, you know, thinking of the offense and talking a little bit about the offense yesterday, they really looked in sync outside of the sack fumble that McCord had for the most part. Which, you know, that wasn't 100% his fault. That was, again, one of those famous lookout blocks. Yeah, but he also needs to learn how to eat it. You know, he's got to learn how to eat it. But uh, a little too long. Yeah, that being said, here were the offensive stats yesterday real quick here, Chris. Uh, 358 passing yards, 204 rushing yards, total 562 yards of offense from scrimmage, 9.4 yards per play, 24 first downs. Third down, they got it up a little bit, but still not where they would like it. Five of ten. When you count fourth down in that, it looks a little better. Two of two on fourth down. 27 minutes and 26 seconds in time of possession. Two turnovers yesterday from the offense. What was your letter grade, Chris? Uh, I went with an A minus. I thought they were very efficient. Uh, I thought they performed well. Uh, obviously, you mentioned it the, the two turnovers. Um, and then that third down efficiency is what kept me from going to an A or an A plus with this uh, performance. Um, massively improved. But you know what? Like I said, they, they got to clean up the turnovers. What I will say is I do love that, that we're playing fairly mistake-free football as far as penalties go, too. I mean, we only had, what, five for 40 total as a team yesterday. So that was that was pretty good. Yeah. So, A-. minus. I actually went with an A. I thought the offense was really good. I couldn't give it an A plus because of the turnovers, but I, you know, I, I will give the A, I, uh, the grade of an A for the offense. Brent, what was your letter grade for the big O? So I'm actually going to be more on the pessimistic side. I know okay. they, they looked great. Like Kyle McCord had easily his best game. Looked very comfortable out there. Uh, I'm going to give him a B though, just because the Hilltoppers defense is like one of the bottom five power five uh, defenses 
I know offensively they're they're a great team, but specifically their run defense is just nothing special, nothing to write home about. So our running backs did look great. They were hitting the holes quickly. Travion had one great game. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like we should take it with a grain of salt. And I think an, an A for me would be just a perfect game, completely mistake-free. So that's why I'm going B. McCord missed Julian Fleming on an open fl- open throw. And then the strip sack, like he's just got to be more aware, either take it or get it out of there. Um, but aside from those, like he really played a great game and everyone else played a great game too. Uh, the one thing I also have a little bit of concern about is how are the tackles going to be looking when we're right. facing a real pass rush and like a real a real uh, front seven. Um, but, you know, overall, not really much you could complain about with that performance. I think they played great. We're going to learn a lot about those things this week. <laughs> like this, this is going to be a legit game. Flipping over to the other side of the ball on the defense. So they gave up 204 passing yards to one of the more prolific passing attacks in all of college football, no matter what level you look at. Uh, only 80 yards rushing, which is what we expect from this defense. They're very good at stopping the run. I do believe that will be uh, be challenged this week against uh, Notre Dame. They have a great running attack. Uh, 284 total yards of off uh, on the defensive side, uh, yards allowed. 3.9 yards per play. 15 first downs is what the defense gave up. Third down efficiency, 3 of 16. Fourth down efficiency, three of six. They won the third downs this week, so that was good for them. Time on the field, 32 minutes and 34 seconds, and they did cause, like I said, four turnovers. I can't, um, I can't remember the last time this defense caused turnover, four turnovers. I, I really can't. Outside and of Penn State, that may have been more than they did all last season. It was Penn State, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I and think that, you're right about that. That wasn't the whole defense. That was JTT. Right. So I went with a letter grade of A. I went with an A. Brant, what did you give the defense? I mean, I'm somewhere between A and A+. That was one of the best defensive performances um, I've seen out of Ohio State in quite some time. Very, very impressed at all three levels. Uh, The D-line, specifically the interior D-line, really impressed me. Mike Hall and Tyleek were stuffing the run. Tommy Eichenberg was on every play. It seemed like he was making an impact, making a tackle. And Denzel Burke um, played a crazy good game. He might be one of the best. He's one of the best corners in the nation, hands down. Um, I think he's he's a first-round NFL talent, obviously. Um, and he was guarding a guy, Malachi Corley, who is definitely no slouch. He, he's uh, rumored to be a first-round NFL talent, and he definitely looked pretty solid out there. But Denzel, Denzel kept him in check. Um, so, I mean, this Buckeye defense, sky is really the limit with them. Uh, like you said, we're going to learn a lot about them this week with, with Notre Dame. But I... I thought it was legit. I thought it was a crazy good performance. Chris, what's your letter grade for the defense? Let me tell you, the stats were beautiful, but until Tua Malau or Sawyer gets home, I can't give him an A. I'm going to give him an A minus. Okay. <laughs> you're always you. You keep me grounded. You know that, Chris. You always keep me grounded, man. Even during the games. I will say this, dude. J JT's shoulder tackle. Yeah. Come oh, on, yeah. bro. Rap up man i was so bad i, I yelled at the tv at that moment 
Oh Aaron yeah, was probably would have been throwing something at the TV if he'd seen that. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Hey guys, check this out, man. Our good friend Steve from the uh, Topper Talks with us tonight. We're actually going to see if he wants to come on here in a few minutes after we hand out our Buckeye leaves. I'll send him a link. See if he wants to join us here uh, real fast and and give us his experience. I mean, I want to know because he's been to Alabama. I want to know the difference between Bama and Ohio State. What the what the atmosphere is like. I want to I want to hear from him. Um, so we'll. See Send you that link in just a minute, my friend. Um, also want to read this real fast. This is from James. He said, hey, guys, good to see you again. I came down from the state up north to see the game, and wow, was I impressed with our defense, only holding them to 10 points and completely dominating the game. Yeah, James, this is, this is not new. Um, it seems like teams score on us quick. We make a quick adjustment, and then it's nothing the rest of the game. Um so I, you know what? That's that's coaching experience and toughness is what that is, and intelligence to see what they're doing, make the adjustment, and then not let them do it anymore. They had the good receiver that they kept feeding, and we finally said, "If you're going to beat us, it ain't going to be with him." And they couldn't beat us. And so, yeah, there was there was a quick adjustment there. All right, let's hand out some Buckeye Leafs now, guys. Let's start with the. Um, Offensive player of the game, Chris. Yeah, I had to go with Kyle McCord. He finally looked good out there, finally looked comfortable. 19-23, 3-18, touchdowns. Give the young man his leaf, Eric. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Kyle McCord, he put that Buckeye leaf on the side of the helmet, buddy. That was your best game. And if we can get that moving forward, expectations back through the roof, guys. Especially given what we saw against Bowling Green yesterday. Oh yeah. Hey, Victor's Nation. Want us? Want to try to explain that one to us, buddy? <laughs> Brant, who's your offensive player of the game? Yeah, so I'm actually going to go with Emeka Ibuka. I thought he had an, an insane, insane performance. Uh, that big catch on the fourth down conversion, two touchdowns. Uh, just looked like the real deal out there. Um, alongside Marv, which, I mean, we all knew he was, but just to see him out there dominating um, gave me a lot of confidence in, in how high um, this offense's potential is. Yeah, Jay Thompson says, McCord continued to improve. He made mostly good decisions, but had a few passes he could have had better placement with the ball. Overall, I'm happy with his progress. Yeah, I agree, Jay, but let's also keep in mind, this was only his fourth start. If I'm what? not mistaken... The fourth start was when when uh, C.J. Stroud started. Was down and he, he did Akron. He started to make the change, and it was like, okay, we got something here because those first two starts against Minnesota and against Oregon, and even the first game back after McCord came in and filled in for him against Akron, and then after that, it was like, oh, we got something here. So this is kind of on the same trajectory that we've experienced in the past before. Let's go over to the defensive side, Chris. Your defensive MVP. Who gets the Buckeye leaf on the defense? Oh, this was tough. This really it was, was tough. tough. I, went, I went with Tyreek Williams. There were seven tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss. And, guys, he was just a, a disruptive force out there the entire game. He was playing mean and nasty football, and, and he was living in the backfield. Brant, your defensive player of the game. Yeah, so I went with Tommy Eichenberg. It just seemed like he – I mean, it was also another tough one. Tyleek had a, a crazy good game. Denzel Burke, like I mentioned earlier. 
a lot of guys played great, but it just seemed like Tommy was all over the place, playing like an absolute menace. I mean, he he plays like he looks with a bald head. You you know he's going to be out there just running around like a maniac, making tackles everywhere, always in the backfield. Um, so I, I, I think he's going to have a huge year, and he looked great. Yeah, and I could have went with this one too, Burke, but I didn't. And by the way, Tyleek Williams had the best dance with the belly rub. Yeah. I love that. Ain't nothing better than a big man dancing, right? Come on. Um, No, I actually went with Steel Chambers. Eight tackles, uh, had the INT, had a big TFL uh, on that swing pass where they were, you know, I think it was on a third and short, and it really changed the momentum of the game. Um, Yeah, Lenny agrees with me. He's going with Steel Chambers. Uh, Brian Ober said Chambers was was over too. Yeah, you couldn't go wrong with any of those picks. Denzel would have been another great pick. He 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 has risen the level of his play to uh to a play that we level we haven't seen since I don't know uh, Okuda. Maybe yeah. What about Proctor? Proctor had a great game out there. Oh, yesterday. he almost had a pick six. Yeah. Yeah, this is a different defense with Proctor back there, you know, and it seems like the light bulb's finally turned on for him, uh, and that and that's good. Um, yeah, Jay Thompson says Tyleek took the ball out of the pile like he was grabbing a Big Mac. <laughs> oh, did you see uh, Coach Day's reaction when he saw that Tyleek came up with it and he was staring up at the – at the big screen, the big grin on his face when he pointed at it, he couldn't have been happy. He was like a like a dad who's watching his son score a touchdown for the first time. You know, that was that was awesome. All right, let's go to our offensive play of the game, Chris. Eric, seventy yard plus touchdowns are just becoming a habit out of uh, McCord and Harrison. I got to go with the seventy five yarder. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That was my offensive play of the game as well, Brant. Yeah, I know I keep harping on it, but the fourth down conversion to Ed Buka on the first drive just really set the tone for the game. And I, that's going to have to be my pick just because it, it seemed like it got the guys going. All right, let me write that down so I don't forget it. Fourth down conversion to EE. All right, flipping over to the other side of the ball, the defensive player hit the game. I'm going to go first here. I'm going to go with the Denzel Burke force fumble, Tyleek Williams recovery for the TD and belly rub dance. To me, that was my defensive play of the game. Brant, what'd you have? Yeah, that's a great pick. Mine was actually the Jermaine Matthews pick six. It was great to see um, a true freshman out there getting his first interception and taking it back for a touchdown. Uh, Just fun to see a little glimpse of the future of Ohio State football. And isn't it good to see cornerbacks getting their head (laughs) turned around, looking for the football, finding the football, and making a play on it? Like That's two weeks in a row now. That's yeah. something we, we've lacked here in Columbus the past few years, and that, it's exciting to see the guys out there just going for the ball again. Chris, your defensive play of the game. John Madden said it best, man. There's nothing better than a fat guy touchdown. <laughs> I got to go with Tyleek Williams, man. I, 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 I was torn between that and actually the Matthews uh, interception, but I, I got to go with Tyleek Williams. Yeah, those were, those were all great, man. Those are good moments. Doesn't it feel good? to um, sit here on a Sunday night and feel so good about the game we witnessed. And yeah. uh, it's just it's just a different vibe, if you will, you know, going into a big game, 
um, with the confidence that we have. Uh, let's go through a few more of these uh, comments here. Burke and Williams for the defensive touchdown for sure. Spot on. Uh, Brian Oberst agrees with you. First touchdown, uh, uh, Emeka Egbuka was beautiful. It was a good pass. You know, there's something he's doing that he wasn't doing the first two games. He's looking off defenders. Yes. Can, can he, I tell you something else pretty amazing that I thought about, Eric? Sure. When's the last time that you actually remember us out rushing attempt, doing, having more rushing attempts than passing attempts? I really love the balance in this game. We had 33 rush attempts to 27 pass attempts. I can tell you when it was, actually. It was back when JT Barrett was quarterback. Yeah. That's how long it's been. And, and I love I love the the mix. Um, I love the fact that it seems like he's starting to use the run a little to open the pass up, you know, because a great rushing game is definitely going to help cure some of those woes with the offensive line, give McCord a little bit of breathing room. We're a little bit ahead of schedule. No problem. I want to do this real fast before we jump in to our first commercial break and get people to um, start asking questions and maybe get Steven to come on here. I need to send him the invite. So I want to know in the chat, and, and Chris, I'll start with you. And after Chris, Brent, you can jump in. Your favorite moment from the game yesterday. Oh, tell me when when that was in the chat. I want to know what your favorite moment was. Give me one minute minute to send this invite. Chris, take it away. Uh, you know, for me, I think my favorite moment was probably actually the Jermaine Matthews interception, just because it was something. You know, we knew we've discovered what we had in Denzel Burke. We knew it his freshman year. We've seen that coming back this year. It feels good to know that there's somebody who might have those type of skills coming up behind him. Uh, you know, to see that out of a true freshman is, I think, a great thing. Yeah, no, I I, I can't disagree with that. I That's exactly what I was thinking was my favorite moment. And then I know we've already touched on this too, but just Tyreek Williams' touchdown dance and the energy that all the guys on the sideline yeah. had with that. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely just good to see them happy and relaxed rather than just, you know, more tense. And I feel like, I feel like if if they're if they're kind of meshing with that energy, with they can really just come out fiery against Notre Dame. Yeah, absolutely agree with all of that. Jace says bring the safeties up in the box to help McCord uh, shoot first in a barrel. Um, trying to figure out what he means by that. Bring the safeties up in the box. Oh. If the safeties, if the come, safeties up, come up, in the, the run, the running game, bringing yep. the safeties into the box, and now McCord can pick them off. Yeah, yeah. that that touchdown to um, Marvin Harrison was actually a double team that he split and literally just ran. They were talking about it on the telecast. Three miles an hour, Eric. Okay, so my wife and I were having a debate about this. Now and. Do you know how fast Usain Bolt ran his fastest ever recorded time in miles per hour? I you want to take a stab at it? 28 miles per hour. Now, Marvin Harrison was at 22 with pads, pads. and a helmet on and was only six miles per hour slower than Usain Bolt in his Olympic record-breaking 100-yard dash. Wow. Is there anything this guy can't do? I mean, well, he I'll is just... The, the funny thing, Eric, I was, I'd heard people criticize 
that the ball was a little bit underthrown to him. Well, you know what? He outran the daggone ball. You know, he outran ran McCord's arm. Uh, you know, he had to slow down and turn back for it just the, just a bit, you know. But, you know, I, I thought it was great. I really did. Yeah, so. ju- yeah, Justin brings up a good one, too. He liked seeing Brown throw that touchdown. It was great to yeah. see Ryan Day actually run the offense with a backup. Yes, and and you know what? He was very efficient and comfortable in that role. Three of four and a touchdown. You can't complain about his performance either. Pressure's off. Yeah, for both of you them. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nick Quinn, I would say it's a moment, but it wasn't a moment, but a feeling. A feeling of the team starting to gel or gelling together. This feels like a team that can win it all again. Yeah, it it, it, it really did. Uh, Frank's favorite moment was Harrison's touchdown. I believe he might look back on that moment as the play that McCord arrived. Ooh, yes. Yeah. And Frank actually just wrote an article over at scarletandgame.com. Go check it out about how that we might have just seen McCord take the next step to being the next elite quarterback at Ohio State. So that's a really good read. Go see. Go check that one out. Um Larry says, seeing Devin Brown get some successful reps was a solid ending. You know why this is also important is what if McCord gets injured? Yeah. You're going to need that backup quarterback who can still win you football games uh, and it not not look clunky or out of place or, or any of that. Um, Lenny brings up a very good point. I want to talk about this here. He said, just uh, for your information, Western Kentucky beat USF 41-24. Bama beat USF 17 to three. Oh, Alabama's now, offense is awful, Eric. It's they're awful. broken. They they don't know who to play at quarterback. Do, this do, is. Do you remember somebody at the beginning of the year predicting this was going to be a three three loss Bama team this year? Yeah, so some someone's usually pretty good at that stuff, you know. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to actually be able to be joined by Steven. We're going to talk about his day in the horseshoe uh, from a perspective of of, a visitor. Um, We're going to talk to him about that, and we're going to answer any questions you have about the game, about the team, about moving forward. So uh, hang around, everybody. We'll be right back in just a few minutes as I can get the commercial loaded up here. There we go. Hang Hang tight, everybody. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. joined by Stephen Moffitt from the Topper Talk podcast. Good to have you back, Stephen. This is the first time we've ever had somebody that was our guest rejoin us after the fact. By the way, I'll introduce you. That's Brant over there beside you, Brant Hansen from the uh, Big Banter uh, Sports Network, which we are a part of. If uh, Western Kentucky ever joins the Big Ten, Brent, this is the guy you're going to want right here uh, on the show, right here, man. He's, he's a good dude. They have a great podcast I got to ask, Stephen, give me your overall experience first time in Columbus in the Horseshoe. Man, it was really fun. Um, really just a big environment. You could tell it's just there's a difference between, you know, schools at my level, Conference USA, and then stepping up uh, and enjoying your atmosphere, man. Uh, 
we stayed downtown at a hotel, the Hilton, saw a ton of Ohio State fans. Everybody was so friendly, so welcoming. Uh, literally didn't have one bad interaction with anybody. And then, you know, game day when we got uh, to campus, you know, near the stadium, just it's just electric. The state, the campus is beautiful. The tailgating scene was beautiful. We were hanging out. I'm, I'm not sure what the area is called, but there was a live music band kind of on the back oh. side of the stadium. We were over yeah. there for quite a bit of time, and it was fun, man. I, the beer I really, garden, yeah. <laughs> I found my way over there. Yes, it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. Did you run into James Cotton by chance? He had a booth with a bunch of memorabilia. Big black guy looks like he could still play football. Did you see him? I don't recall seeing them, but I was following. Yeah, you know, I was with a couple of Ohio State people. They were kind of showing me around. Okay. Um, but I was just trying to keep up with them and just enjoying the crowd and kind of soaking it all in. And man, it was it was an awesome experience from the start of the day to the end of the day. No matter what that score turned out to be, y'all kind of felt like there might be a, a heavy case of that coming down. You know, just from talking with you all and then talking with my buddies, they're like, man, the the crowd is the fan base is ready for to see this offense open up and that's exactly what, what happened. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I got a few comments here. We need to put into the, I know this guy right here from the always Irish show. He said, go Irish. Hey buddy, tomorrow night's your night. You can you, definitely want to join us. Your boy, your boy, John Kennedy is going to be on with us tomorrow night. Uh, good to have you with us tonight, Brian. That's, that's really awesome that you decided to join us tonight. Jay says your QB is a gamer, man. Enjoy him while you have him, Steven. Yeah, he's, he's everything that you said he was that dude. I love the story they were given on the telecast. I don't know if you've got to see the watch it since you've been home yet, but they were talking about how he lost friends playing pickup basketball in gym class because of how competitive that kid is. Dude, he is. He's a gamer, brother. Yeah, he's a good one. And luckily, we've had a about a 10-year stretch of some pretty special quarterbacks going back to Brandon Dowdy, Mike White, Bailey Zappi, and now Austin Reed. So we've been blessed, and I know, you know it's something we shouldn't take for granted. But, yeah, he's definitely a good kid and a gamer when he's on the field. Uh, uh, Hummus here says that was it's called uh, Heinegate. Heinegate, that's where you were hanging out there. Did you get a chance to go to a uh, skull session, or were you just too involved over there at the Heinegate? We didn't make it over there more because okay. of uh, the Uber situation and trying to get to campus. It was kind of hectic. Um, and then once we got there, we were trying to meet up with someone else that was coming in town, and I wanted to get over there. Um, but luckily, you know, again, like I said, a couple of my friends are Ohio State fans that I came with. I was like, this environment makes me want to come back, not in a – I'm a – a visitor capacity. I just want to come and just soak it in and enjoy it. Not have to worry about how bad we're going to get spanked. <laughs> All right. Last question for you, for me, I got to know, cause I am a, a Uber competitive and also somewhat jealous human being at times. You've been to Bama, Tuscaloosa. Now you've been to Columbus. You won't hurt my feelings. I promise you. I want the truth, which is better. I think um, I felt more of a student environment from Alabama, Tuscaloosa. I felt more of a game day environment, you know, all campus encompassing uh, just energy. Like from literally when we got dropped off at our Uber, like stepping onto campus, like, I don't know, you, it just felt like, like I felt like college game day was going to be, you know, on the campus in the grass over there. Like it was just such a fun environment and, it, it was almost 
perfect. You know, the only thing that would have been better would have been a W for our team. But <laughs> I, mean, I would really say that Ohio State did it bigger and better. Like the difference, Alabama, when you're walking up to their stadium, you're going past their Greek row fraternity sorority houses. That was the main difference to me. I felt like a bigger student presence at Alabama versus where I was on campus with Ohio State, which just felt like more of a true game day atmosphere and environment, man. I, I think Ohio State's getting the nod for me. Oh, there we go, man. Now, if you would have went south of the, of the stadium, that's where you would have ran into all of that. The towers and the, you know the where the students live, student activity center, uh, tennis courts, and the practice field, and all of that stuff is where that's all at. Yeah, and and whenever we say tennis court, Chris thinks about our Australian friend Grant, who yeah. somehow just found his way over to the tennis courts where two young uh, students were playing tennis and stood there and stared. Uh, I think he really loved the Americana aspect yeah. of being on campus that day. <laughs> All right, guys, if you have any questions for Brant, if you have any questions for Steven, if you have any questions for Chris and I, now is your time to turn those in. We want to hear from you all. We want you to drive the ship for the remainder of this program. We want to know what you think. We want to know what questions you have, what topics you would like for us to discuss. Um, and while we're waiting for those to come, Steven, I'll ask you this. I mean, I I saw a little bit of on Twitter, some of the fans kind of maybe saying, you know, we didn't play our best game. Ohio State really isn't that good. Uh, of course, I had to make a remark on that one. Um, and then I saw a lot of I also saw this comment. We have everything still in front of us for the season. Where do you guys go from here? What What's your mindset on this team? Well, I mean, I, I kind of I saw those same conversations as I was driving back, and people say, "Man, you know, we we didn't play a good game. We had a lot of turnovers. We put the ball on the ground a lot. You all you all intercepted some passes. You all had good pressure on the quarterback. We didn't play a good game, but you all forced us into that. Your your defense was uh, very aggressive. You know, forcing us to play hurried and make bad decisions. And you know, a couple of those fumbles were just putting helmets on the ball." Ball's coming out. You know, guys had no chance but to cough the ball up. Um, the people that say they're not impressed by Ohio State, I'm not sure what game they were watching because I was impressed. There's just athletes all over the field. There's playmakers all over the field. Um, that's a really good football team, and I don't feel bad losing 63-10 to 10 to a top-five football team in the nation. You know, that was a good team. As far as where we go from here, we better have a short memory. Uh, we've got a quick turnaround and going uh, down south to play at Troy – who beat us last year at our house. So granted that game is another non-con is in the grand scheme of things. It's not going to affect our conference championship hopes and dreams. Um, but we need to keep the fan base by not having what is a demoralizing loss also turn into a bad loss going to Troy, who's a fellow G5 program. And then we turn around and have a midweek game with our rival MTSU we need to keep the fan base and get some momentum going to the positive direction uh, before we come back home. So quick turnaround. We better forget what just happened at Ohio State and go beat Troy. There you go, guys. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Brant, uh, let me go turn this, turn it to you now, Brant. Um, so big banter is off uh, up and running. We're off. We're off and running here now. And um, the bantering has actually started to um, pick up amongst the podcasts pretty heavily. 
Um, where I just kind of want to get your pulse. I haven't talked to you since the beginning of the season. I want to get your pulse of where we're at, where big banter's at, how things are going and kind of just give everybody an idea of maybe what to expect from big banter moving forward here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with where we're at. We've got, um, all of our 14 pods are up and running, uh, ready for the season. We've already had a few collabs with all the, the, um, conference games we've had. I know you guys. Uh, had the collab with the LEO podcast early in the season before our first game. So really liking all that we, we've had. Um, lots of good content. So literally, if you're especially kind of going into this week with a lot of um, conference games, um, if you're if you're looking for some content to listen to and, and get ready for, for the big slate, because, I mean, it is one of the best college football slates I've seen in a long time this this upcoming weekend. Um, yeah, but if, if you're looking for um, anything to listen to, all of our guys are going to be cranking out a lot of content this coming week, um, collabing with with the, their uh, their fellow opponents. I know Penn State Iowa is probably the biggest uh, Big Ten game, so be on the lookout for uh, Booth Bets and Ball and Inside the Nest collab. That's going to be a fun one. Um, but yeah, and we've we've also started to see some banter happening. I know uh, the Maryland and Purdue podcasts have been going back and forth. There's been a lot of trash talk between those two, and it's. It's not the first rivalry you think of when you think of Big Ten rivalry, <laughs> but we've got a few guys out there trying to turn it into one. So, um, yeah. big, big banter itself thought, is is turning two fan bases who had nothing against each other into into rivals, which is honestly it's what I like to see. Yeah, yeah. Dylan, was, Dylan was on a roll earlier. Yeah, <laughs> poor Dylan last night needed some uh, needed some uh, positive vibes his way, man. Yeah, uh, those Boilermakers had a rough game this week. Yeah, that, so that, Brent, that was hard. Uh, what, what are the plans? Have you guys got somebody lined up already as far as the four teams coming in ne- uh, next year? Or are yeah, we still in there? We started to just listen to a bunch of different podcasts mm-hmm. that are out there and try and find who would be the best fit for us. But that's something we're starting to explore. We haven't actually lined up any of them yet. You got it. But, I mean, it's something we, we've got to get ready to roll here because that's, that's going to be here before we know it. Yeah, and also you know what's going to be here before we know it basketball season and this yeah. is not the basketball podcast you have an ohio state basketball podcast but go ahead and, and kind of uh let everybody know about that yeah so kind of the same deal with football um we're going to be doing those collab episodes of basketball and we're going to have the full basketball uh, network as well um so if you're a buckeye basketball fan definitely go over and check out views from the shot um we've got tim miller over there running the show he's he's got a really cool show um he's had some cool interviews on there too with some of the players um, so def- definitely to recommend checking that out and we're going to start getting the collabs uh, up and running with, with that season right around the corner here too. Yeah. Now yeah, some we tried of the- that for a couple of years, Eric, that was yeah. doing three, three different podcasts a year, you know, in a year. Yeah. Was it was too brutal. much for us. Ours was called shots from the shot. Uh, so views from the shots pretty close there. Um, yeah. You know, some of the podcasts that run basketball also run the bat, run the, excuse me, run football, also run the basketball side of things. We're not, we're basket, we're football year round here on the OHIO podcast. But so it's nice to have another Buckeye podcast, jump in and do the basketball side of things. Cause like I told the Purdue guys, uh, we don't know what an orange round ball is in Ohio. We only know the brown oblong thing. Um, down there in Kentucky, they know what that orange ball is. Don't they, Steven? That's for sure. Yes, hey, a couple, couple comments for you, my friend. This one's from Hummus Hero. He said, glad to hear Steven had a great time in our beloved city. Very classy gentleman. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that, Hummus. And, and then here's a question for you from Nick Quint. He said, Steven, what did you think of your own fan base's turnout? 
Well, I was sitting up in Tennessee to begin the game, so I was way up there uh, in the end zone. But you know, it's hard to tell. You know, it's red on red with this, the two fan bases. But our fan base early that I saw looked pretty loud, looked pretty well represented. Saw a lot of red towels up there waving. We were keeping it close for that first fifteen-ish minutes. Um, later down in the game, I, you know, I moved down towards the the field. Uh, just to get a different view and kind of have an all aspects view of the uh, of the stadium itself, but I really felt like we we traveled well, we were represented well for you know quote unquote smaller school, a G five school, um, but that doesn't surprise me. You know any of the the recent P five trips we made, I feel like we've always had a good showing uh, and a lot of red towels uh, being waved. Yeah, here's a comment from my uh, buddy Frank. He's been on the show before. He said, just wanted to say um, on the game day experience that he took his kids to their first uh, Ohio State game. And he said, what a day. OSU does it uh, does game day better than anyone. Hung out at the Learfield tailgate outside St. John. Uh, the kids got to give high fives to all the players uh, when they did their walk-in to the shoe. He said, Jim Knowles almost broke my kid's hand. <laughs> OSU does it right from a fan experience. Yes, they do. That is pretty neat when you, you know, do the uh, the players walk and you see them walking into the shoe. You can give them high fives, make a video, all of those things. What's really hard is what what stinks is you can't do that and the skull session. You got to choose one or the other. Um and so I I've done them both and they're both they both have their merits. They absolutely do. But I remember um, getting up close and, and high-fiving Chase Young and realizing how small of a human being I am at that moment. Um, there's a reason. Gonna, oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Chris. Go, go for no, it. I was just going to say, I, we had that same experience when we saw Dewan Jones. Oh, yeah. Because the look, the look on your face when Dewan Jones walked by, it's like. I'm wow. like, oh, here, I'm like, here comes Dewan. <laughs> They're going to go on. Like, dude was just unbelievably huge and has the best smile, man. That's a joyful guy. Doing a good job for your brownies, Chris. Hey, I'm loving it. I'm loving the fourth rounder. Yeah. And this is what I love about our listeners right here. Brian Ober. Steven, hope your team has a great rest of the season. Yeah. Amen. I, I tell you this, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blowing smoke up, up your rear end. I promise you. I'm going to follow your your podcast and your team. I've enjoyed the interaction I've had with you uh, over the course of the last week. I, I've always watched Western Kentucky from afar um, because we've never played one another. But like I, like I shared with you on my podcast, I have family from Eastern Kentucky, so the other side of the state. Um, you know, and it's hard for me to cheer for UK because they're SEC. And no one really likes Louisville. I mean <laughs> – this is what the Purdue guys say. What bird actually has teeth? Their, their mascot has teeth. It's weird. Um, so I, I have now adopted Western Kentucky as my Kentucky team. Is that all right, man? Yeah, we'll take it. And it's funny because the, the Ohio State guys that I was following around, they're like, we're going to convert you to an Ohio State fan. We're, you're coming. You're, you're going to join our team here soon. Uh, and I was in denial, but I had fun. So I, I'm not – not saying it could happen in the future. I had a good time. I would like to go back, and I probably will go back whether we schedule a game or not. Yeah. You didn't think you we know, were called, Eric. 
Yeah. Well, hey, you 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 know your team. You don't have to change much of your of your wardrobe. It's all the same color, right. brother. <laughs> I do like your guys' chrome, though. I will give the the chrome is pretty pretty sweet mm. there. All right, let's move on here real quick. We have Jay Thompson says uh, uh, six eight three sixty is a big boy. <laughs> yes. Can yeah. you imagine his mom trying to feed that child when he was in high school? Oh my gosh. That had to be quite the uh, grocery bill. Nick Quinn, I heard on the commentators on a previous game or, or season that Dewan's jersey was the biggest ever for an OSU player. I think they said 6X or 8X. Chris, that was an eight. do they make those, man? <laughs> they do. They actually do they do. really? I, I just ordered a couple 6Xs last week. Oh, my gosh. Is That's Dewan a... softening into the sore, Chris? No, no, no. When Dewan. Uh, but, I, I don't think they're for six eight people that he's buying them for. They're for like five eleven, four hundred and fifty pound people. Right, right. <laughs> oh my gosh, Frank says I give credit to Western Kentucky. They at least took their shot, like uh, Youngstown State, Indiana, who just wanted to run the clock and play for a closer loss. Yes, exactly, Frank. You guys didn't come in scared, dude. You're like, we're gonna play our game. You know, we're going to we're going to come in, shoot our shot. We're not going to change who we are. We're not going to run the play clock down to one second every time, run the football and just play keep away from Ohio State and lose by four scores. You know, like they came in with a game plan and they played, you know, they played their game. I would think the biggest discrepancy, in my opinion, and maybe you can answer this from what your eyeballs in person showed, just our offensive athletic athleticism compared to your defensive athleticism. There was a, there was a discrepancy there trying to stop Marvin Harrison, Jr. Mecca Buka. Uh, the line played really well. That was the best the line has played this, this year. I would say that that was the discrepancy I saw. What do you think? Yeah, definitely in the trenches, you could tell the difference in the, the athleticism and just the amount of athletes that you had, um, you know, we're getting good push every time on our quarterback. It, you weren't necessarily rattling him, but you were making him uncomfortable. And then just you just have so many offensive weapons on the field. Your offensive line was giving uh, McCord a lot of time to make decisions on where to go with the ball. And it always seemed like it was an extended, like, crossing route coming across. Like, how did how did Emeka or how did Harrison get so wide open? But he came from the other side of the field, crossed by, you know, several linebackers, got to the other side of the field, and – He's fast. We've talked about that. Um, create that separation and just it, it became kind of a pick your poison. There's athletes and playmakers and four and five star guys all over the field. Pick your poison and, and each one of them made plays. It was really special to watch. Yeah. You, there was times you guys had our receivers covered, and I told you, watch out for the Kate Stover tight end. He had a big day again, had that fumble, which, you know, that's the second time now he's he's put the ball on the carpet. But uh yeah, even when you have the receivers covered, there's always someone else in that offense that you got to be cognizant of. And that really, I think, is is what Ryan Day was getting at at the beginning of the season when he was saying you just don't need to make mistakes at quarterback. You've got all of these weapons. Just don't make mistakes. Got a question here. Brian, Kelly's caddy. That's a great name, by the way. Do you all think Nick Saban's glory days are over? Chris, I'll let you handle this one. You're all over this one. And then, Brant, get ready to answer that one as well. Yeah, I I truly believe they are. I think, you you know, Nick Saban is arguably the greatest coach in college football history. We don't like him. 
We don't have to like him. Man's got the rings to prove how great he is. But I think at this point with – I think the athletes are, are becoming different. I think the NIL is changing the way things are done. Uh, you know, it used to be Nick Saban could buy the athletes, but now everybody's doing it. Uh, you know, and it's more of an even playing field. But I think the game, in a sense, is starting to pass Nick Saban by. I, you know, I predicted at the beginning of the year that this was going to be a three-loss Bama team, and I thought that Nick Saban would walk away at the end of the year. I still think that's the case. Brant, your thoughts on, as we call him, Nick Satan. <laughs> yeah, love that nickname. But I, I can't disagree with you, Chris. I mean, Nick Saban, 71 years old. Um, looks much younger, but he's he's actually 71. He's He's been coaching for a while. And the game is just like, it's, it's changing, like you said. The transfer portal, uh, the conference realignment, uh, the game changing. And uh, I don't think, I think it's surpassing Nick Saban, like you said. We're seeing the same thing. Um, it's already happened in college basketball. Uh, you've, you've had got legends like Roy Williams, um, Coach K, uh, even Jay Wright, who was a younger guy that no one expected mm-hmm. to, to kind of step away from the game at the, at the age that he did. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if even this was Nick Saban's last year. Yeah, Jay, uh, Jay actually brings up what I was about to mention. He says part of uh, Saban's problems is he hired Notre Dame's incompetent OC. Yeah, he did. Not wrong. You know, Saban has been very fortunate to have a lot of really, really good coordinators. Uh, one of them's coaching there in Georgia now, and the other one's coaching in Texas. Those are some really good coordinators. And sometimes if you're just the – the the face of the program you just need to get out of the way you go recruit you bring them in and you let those coordinators who are really good do their job the problem is if they're really good you're not going to have them for a long time too and then that's kind of what he's ran into i think um there's not much creativity off on the offensive side with uh, ever since uh steve sarkeesian's left um and it's catching up with them they can still out athlete people in the SEC, which I think the bottom half of the SEC is dramatically overrated, in my opinion. Um, although Missouri all of a sudden looks like a, a decent football team with a really good kicker. Um, but we'll see on that. But like yesterday, South Carolina. Yeah, gave Georgia all they wanted. Had them on the ropes, man. Florida made Tennessee, uh, you know, look like they aren't that good either. Um, they rolled so, right on down Rocky Top. Yeah, I mean that that yeah, there was didn't know what was going on at the end of that game. Um, so yeah, some things have changed. Uh, and Lenny brings brings a good point. Saban coaching since 1973. I mean that was eight years before I was born. And Chris, you were what? A year old. You, you and you're ancient, dude. I am. <laughs> I'm older than dirt, man. Oh, shoot. You remember when they actually played in dirt, which the NFL wants them to play in again, right? Um, Let's see. Ryan Oberst, he will win it all next year and then ride off in the sunset. I hope not. Let's not give him good mojo, my friend. Uh, Yeah, Brian. uh, Tennessee was a cute story for one year. <laughs> That's right. And you know what? And Steven, you're you're closer to that down there in Kentucky than than we are, man. I I imagine there's probably a few Vols fans that meander their way up into the bluegrass state there. And boy, they're probably were super obnoxious last year. 
Yeah, I work right on the Kentucky-Tennessee border, and I see a lot of bleeding over of the orange. And it was really amazing how much more orange I saw last year compared to the last decade or two or three, whatever you want to call it. Uh, touching back on the Saban thing, I think Alabama will have to figure out real quick if they're going to adapt. And, you know, right now they're at a loss at quarterback. They've been really strong at quarterback for 10 years and running back and wide everywhere. And now I think NIL Collective has shrunk that gap between what they have and what everybody else has because now everybody's throwing big money at, at all those players. I think their collective is going to really have to step up or their NIL efforts. And if they want to be elite and continue to be elite, whether it's Saban or you know, at one point I thought it would be Dabo would be the, the natural next guy, but Clemson has fallen off. And you know, I don't really know who's next after Saban, but – um, they either had to adapt or they're going to get left behind. All right, let's do this. Let's end the show with this question. We'll go, we'll do a quick round table. Biggest surprise of college football so far in 2023. There are some good ones to choose from. Chris, I'll start with you. We'll go down to Steven, then Brant, and I will wrap it up. Give me your comments in the comment section. Biggest surprise in college football so far in 2023, Chris. Um, I, I think for me, it might be just how bad Alabama's offense is. I, you know, we've been talking about it. I think, I don't think any of us ever expected Alabama's offense to sink to the depths that it is. Um, this is a team that we're used to seeing put up 40, 50, 60 points a game, much like Ohio State is, uh, you know, but it just... I mean, 16 points against a a team that just, you know, in, in, in UCF that they're 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 a respectable team. But you know what? Alabama should manhandle them given the athletes they have on the on their team. USF, yeah. Or USF, I'm sorry, USF, mm-hmm. not UCF. Yeah, I mean, it's for me. I think Alabama is is even though I kind of predicted it, I think it's still kind of the surprise just how bad they are. Steven, your big your biggest surprise of college football so far this year. I mean, I think so far it's Dion in Colorado kind of backing up that all that preseason media, that hype and it feels like they're kind of still intentionally generating. There's always there's always a pregame scuffle, there's always pregame media jazz being thrown both ways and even you know last night uh, with the Colorado State game, but I mean, I was up till 2 a.m. just watching that game cuz it was a slugfest. It was fun to watch. Um, when their schedule came out, I thought you know five to six wins was going to be pushing it, and they're already at three and zero, and in the top twenty-five. Um, it'll be fun to see where they go from here. Brant, yeah, um, I it's a media slur fest with Colorado right now, and I I don't I don't want to like add on to that, but they they they're just the team that's come out and surprised everybody. Uh, me especially, like they were a bottom five team in, in college football last year. They won one game. And for Dion to come over and completely retool their roster and come out and win that exciting game against the national runner-up from last year uh, was just insane. Um, and then going and beating Nebraska as handily as they did was just great. I know Colorado State um, maybe isn't uh, – maybe they were expected to win that game by a little more, but it's a rivalry game. And they had a crazy comeback and won that game as well. Um, we'll, we'll get, we'll get a real test to see how, just how far prime can take this team that over the next two weeks, 
They've got Oregon and they've got USC, and that's going to be a real tough test for Colorado. So we'll see if they stick around, but they've been the biggest surprise so far for me. But but knowing the way that primetime is, you know, knowing the way that Dion is, did it surprise anybody that kind of it was Colorado State's coach who went on the offensive and uh, started the trash talk this week? And it almost worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It almost worked for him. I think you have to – if you're going to play someone who's always on 11 for a nice little uh, great uh, reference there for you, they turn it up to 11 all the time. You've got to find 12, Yeah, you know, it, it, to pull off that upset. And they, they, they almost did, um, you know, all the talk about Colorado and Duke is quietly building this incredible like momentum. They beat Clemson. And they look really good. Like, I don't know if you've watched them. They look good. Like, if, if Colorado played Duke, I'm taking Duke. I think Duke beats them. I do. That's a really good, like, out-of-nowhere team. And then I don't know if anybody's seen Oregon State play because no one oh, watches wow, Oregon yeah. State. And and that brings up this point that Jay said. Uh, let me see if I can find it here because I'm going to go through these real fast. Here's his biggest surprise. How good the Pac-12 has looked in its swan song. This is the last freaking year for the Pac-12, and they've got eight schools in the top 25. How terrible is that athletic or that conference commissioner? You, you know what, though? Talk talk to me again in, in week eight or nine, and let's see if they've still got five teams in the top. Ask, ask Sparty how good Washington is. They got beat like a drum, man. Come on. Just we're annihilated. We're talking about Sparty here. They're almost as in much turmoil as Northwestern. Yeah, they dropped big time on my big banter power rankings. They lost they lost a coach and they lost a really bad game to Washington. They 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 fighting down there with uh Northwestern and Nebraska, in my opinion, for worst team in the Big Ten. Larry Daniels, another good one. How good Texas and Ewers looks. That can, can, can I address something real quick now that you mentioned that, Eric? For the love of God, if I have to see one more Ohio State post that says, imagine if Ewers was still here. You know what? Ewers was not a Buckeye. He was never a Buckeye. He came here for one year to get his NIL money because he couldn't get it in Texas. His plan all along was to transfer out. He he was never a Buckeye, people. Let it go. Not only that, get behind McCord. In the long run, he's going to be the better quarterback. Feel better? A little bit. <laughs> Brian Obers, biggest surprise is no team so far looks like they will go undefeated. Everybody's got yeah. flaws. And that's where the NIL, I think, has leveled the playing field a little bit. Because even if you have a really good recruiting class with the um, transfer portal, you just jump in, jump out, and next thing you know, you've built yourself a team through the transfer portal. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is College football is so different now on a year-to-year basis. It's NFL light. It's it's not even that because even in the NFL you have restricted free agency and contracts. Free agency. It's it's wild, man. It is absolutely wild uh, what this is like. Um, Brian disagrees with you, Chris. Yours did. Oh yeah, he agrees with you. Yours didn't really want to be a Buckeye. He agreed with you on that. And then Jay's very concerned for you. 
Do you need your heart pills, Chris? He wants to make no, sure you're you're, you're back tomorrow night for the because t- tomorrow night you're might you're you're probably going to need them. John Kennedy's on here, guys. So we're, 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 I'm going to see if I can match his energy. Oh, that's we'll, that's we'll that's, some, a, that's a big we'll ask. Get some, we'll get some Coach Prime Colorado State action going. Oh man, that's a big ask. Brant, tell everybody about Big Banter where they can find it. Yeah, so make sure if you're not already, uh, go ahead and follow along on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, both of those handles are just at Big Banter Sports. What we're doing is just throwing out as much Big Ten content as we can and just getting a bunch of exposure for, for all of our shows within the network. Uh, all, every, every team. So if, you, if you're if you interested in who Ohio State's playing that week, like I know we've got a big game coming up in a few weeks um, against, oh shoot, who was our first Big Ten opponent completely? Maryland. That's right, it? Maryland. And that actually. The Turtles. That that actually is kind of a big one because they they're undefeated. They're probably going to waltz into Columbus undefeated. Yeah. So if you want to go learn a little bit more about their team uh, going into that game, make sure you go check out their podcast. Uh, lots mm-hmm. of cool insights and fun stuff over there. Um, but yeah, definitely make sure you're following along and listening to as much as you can because there's a lot of great stuff. Yeah, we get a bye week after Notre Dame, and then we start the last eight games of the season, uh, right. all of them conference games, and we start with Maryland at home. Stephen, where can everybody find the Topper Talk podcast at? Yeah, find us on uh, Twitter or X and Instagram at Topper underscore talk and then YouTube at Topper Talk Podcast. Yeah, and check them out. They do previews uh, and reviews on uh, their games. And uh, give them a follow. Give them a like. Subscribe to the channel. It really does help. If you haven't already, hit that thumbs up, guys. We really do appreciate that. It does help the channel. we got a couple new subscribers this week. Our goal is to reach 500 subscribers by the end of the season. We're at three. 69, I think, is where we're at currently. People are slacking, Eric. People are slacking. We're starting to get stagnant. Yeah, we need it. We need to. We need to jump that up, guys. So we need to get to. Let's get to 400 here uh, before a conference play starts. And uh, so please do hit the hit the thumbs up, share the podcast with everybody. Just copy the link, throw it in your whatever social media you have. Let everybody know. Check it out. We go live every Sunday night, eight o'clock Eastern. And tomorrow, uh, thank you, Brian. Brian said he just subscribed. Appreciate that. Uh, and tomorrow night we go live eight o'clock. With the always Irish show, John Kennedy will be in the house to talk about the big Ohio State Notre Dame game, which I believe is 7.30 Eastern this upcoming Saturday on NBC. We're on their home network, Chris, on their home field and in their home network, man. This is going to be a very interesting weekend. Chris and I will be in Pittsburgh. If you are living in the Pittsburgh area or even in eastern Ohio, it's just a hop, hop, skip, and jump over there to Pittsburgh. Hang out with us at Mike's Beer Bar. We're going to have a great time with the alumni club of Pittsburgh. Mike Wargo, former Buckeye, he's the Rudy of Ohio State, man. He'll be there, sign autographs. We're giving away prizes, all kinds of good stuff. And I will say this, that place has got the best steak I have ever had in my life. They literally sear on both sides, bring it out to you on a hot stone, and you cook it yourself. It melts in your mouth. It is amazing. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, Yeah, hummus here. Notre Dame is is using the Big Ten broadcast format, not the Notre Dame one. Oh, so it's not their home um, broadcasting team. That I didn't know. I like that. Oh, that was that was it. Brian, did anybody predict the correct score this week? I do not believe so. 
Don't believe anybody predict, predicted the, the correct score. No one knew we'd finally hit 60, Eric. Yeah, and I tell you this. I've been winning a lot of money off Ohio State taking the under, and I told everybody to smash the under. I apologize for that. I was way wrong on that one. So <laughs> that was the first time we hit the over in like a long time, since the middle of last year, I believe. So that's not something that normally happens. Thank you all very much. Um Tomorrow night, come back 8 o'clock if you can. Be with us. If not, we'll see you next week at 8 o'clock. Remember, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. Till next time, OH! I owe! Go Bucks. <laughs>